Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of John, chapter 2. It's anniversary Sunday. What better day to talk about a wedding? John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they had ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. He said, He said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, Then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning, the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested, revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. What a beginning. This beginning of signs. The manifestation of the glory of Jesus, the first miracle of the one who works miracles in vessels. There was a need that day, in that very hour. Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew the need. However, she came to know. Of the need, she proceeded to bring the need to Jesus. Jesus, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Would this be the scene of the beginning of signs? A wedding, a gathering, a celebration, an important occasion in the sanctity of such. We know that weddings are close to the heart of God. We understand the covenant being made. And here is a wedding, and the wine is run dry. Of course, we could talk about what wine symbolizes in the Bible. Joy, celebration, this 
He doesn't want lacking. The Holy Ghost, the blood of Jesus that was shed for humanity, the Bible has much to say about wine. They had run out. This was a serious moment. Surely others knew, besides Mary, that the wine had run out. Were there guests standing in line with empty chalices? Were the servants running around scrambling? What were they to do? The master of the feast and the servants? Whatever the reason for the running out of wine, there was a need. They needed a miracle. The master of the feast seems to have had no idea what was going on between Mary and Jesus. And yet he and all the guests and the bridegroom and the bride would soon be the recipients of a miracle because of a woman bringing a need to Jesus. Those words, Jesus, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. The concern of a woman. Did Jesus get it wrong? No. I ask today, is it possible one pure in heart can press the Savior for a miracle? Verses 4 and 5, Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Mary had faith in the ability of Jesus. She knew who he was. She knew the calling upon his life. She knew who his father was. She believed in the miraculous. She believed in the impossible. She herself had experienced the impossible when the angel came to her, calling her to carry the Christ child, a date she remembered well. This woman, she knew that nothing, nothing is impossible for God. Concerning Jesus, she knew his heart. She says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. She had faith that he would respond. Mary believed in the command of Christ. She believed there was power in his words. She was convinced that his directions would produce a miracle. Verses 6 to 8, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast, and they took it. Imagine, imagine being one of those servants. 
They hadn't ever seen Jesus do a miracle. No sign as of yet. And yet they take Mary at her word and move in accordance with the command of Jesus. Six water pots. Church, it was a lot of water. I wonder the speed at which they moved the servants. Could it be that something could happen? Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. The word of the Lord today, if there's going to be a miracle, let's not leave any room. Let's fill the pots right to the brim. When Jesus tells us to fill water pots, let's really fill them. Have you ever wondered how the story would read? If the servants had only filled the water pots halfway, one could argue there would still be wine. But our God is a God of fullness. And yet, would there have been wine? Jesus said, fill them. You know, some may miss the beauty of this portion of Scripture and its power for today. And choose rather to enter into a debate over whether or not the wine was really real wine. Let's just leave that be and let the Spirit of the Lord bless us today, okay? What now? Verses 8 to 10, and he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. The miraculous took place. When did it happen? As they drew out the water? Was it already wine? Did one of the servants, while staring into a full water pot, see the change in his reflection? Imagine being the servant handing the master of the feast the chalice. Verse 9, when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom. The master of the feast didn't know what had taken place. He didn't know where the wine came from. The servants knew, but he did not. So he calls for the bridegroom. Was it the master of feast's responsibility to have the wine set out and to have calculated properly, correctly? Was it the bridegroom's responsibility? It seems the master of the feast thought the bridegroom had somehow found wine. 
or had set aside this reserve, was saving this abundance for this specific moment, this joyous celebration. The best wine was set out at a time when the inferior is usually set out. That's some kind of wedding gift Jesus gave that day. You know, Jesus is the bridegroom concerning the faith. How fitting this be his first miracle. A miracle that would keep the wedding going, keep the celebration going, a miracle that would bring praise and honor to the bridegroom. Rather than a mark on their wedding and a yearly reminder of the day things ran dry. And isn't it true concerning our Jesus? Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You, Lord, have kept the good wine until now. Jesus saves the best wine till now. Line up. Let joy flow. Celebrate the goodness. I wonder the response of the bridegroom that day. One day we will know. We know that we are servants. Could it be that the Lord is calling us to fill water pots? Vessels for purification. Would we fill them and take on this responsibility, this work? Would we move with kingdom pace? Will we fill them to the brim? When Jesus said, fill them, you know, I think he expected them to be filled full. Spirit of the Lord, speak to us. Is it possible to press for a miracle? Humbly, that is. Mary seems to have. What of another example? Matthew chapter 15, beginning of verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her not a word. What does your concern have to do with me? And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. 
a pressing for a miracle. I think, too, of the woman who pressed through the crowd. A determination and an act of faith, fully believing that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, healing would flow and she would be made well. Pressing for a miracle. You know, Jesus loves working miracles in vessels. John chapter 4, beginning of verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. He was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I might not thirst nor come here, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said. I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. The hour is coming. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, 
I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. A woman at a well, a vessel herself, a vessel that runs out, that runs dry and needs to be filled time and time again. The thirst of humanity. You know, Jesus had something to draw with. And the depth, no hindrance. Jesus speaks to her of water that satisfies. Whoever drinks of the water that he gives them will never thirst. The water he gives becomes within a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know what the woman said that day? She says, sir, give me this water. You know, church, I hear the Lord saying to us today, if we will drink of the water Jesus offers, if we will get filled these human water pots, the miraculous will take place and the Lord will bring kingdom wine out of us as the fountain of water springs up into everlasting life. People will partake of kingdom wine. Back to the wedding. I know that Jesus doesn't want to leave us lacking when we have guests to provide for. I'm sure every anniversary Year after year, that bridegroom and his bride remembered what took place and gave thanks. Sitting back and toasting the miracle work of Jesus. And what of the master of the feast? Perhaps a year later, he's still trying to wrap his mind around what took place. And I'm sure year after year, Jesus remembered when the anniversary date rolled around. I want to ask this today. Do you have a date or dates? And each year when that date comes, you remember the miracles in vessels, the miracle of Jesus, the miraculous provision, the best he saved for the now. When things had run dry, when things had run out, how he stepped in and gave commands, setting things in motion that there might be a miracle. An anniversary, a celebration of when he performed his first miracle for you. Or do you remember a time when you were a guest, when a miracle was worked for someone else, and my, how you drank of it. The Lord remembers the day he worked his first miracle for you, for each of us. I share these words. Jesus Christ commenced the gospel dispensation with the miracle of liberality, turning water into wine. He does not only supply necessaries, but gives luxuries. And this is highly significant of the kingdom of his grace. 
Here he not only gives sinners enough to save them, but he gives abundantly grace upon grace. The gifts of the covenant are not stinted or stunted. They are neither small in quantity nor in quality. He gives to men not only the water of life that they may drink and be refreshed, but wines on the lees well refined that they may rejoice exceedingly. And he gives like a king who gives lavishly without counting the cups and bottles. As to 120 gallons, how little is that in comparison with the rivers of love and mercy which he is pleased to bestow freely out of his bountiful heart upon the most needy souls. And now let us think about our Lord's mercy and let the wine stand as a type of his grace and the abundance of it as the type of the abundance of his grace which he doth so liberally bestow. What a Savior. What a friend. What a Lord, what a master, what a mighty God we serve. Hear the Spirit of the Lord today. Miracles happen in vessels as we do whatever He says. That's the key. If you turn to the servants, whatever He says, do it. How fitting is Scripture? 2 Corinthians 4 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Further words, Jesus Christ himself must come and in present power must work the miracle. It was because he had commanded the servants to fill the water pots with water that therefore he was bound. If I may use such an expression of our free king bound to turn it into wine. Go on, brethren. Go on filling the water pots with water. Do not believe that you are doing much when you have done your utmost. Do not begin to congratulate yourselves on your past success. All must come from Christ, and it will come from Christ. The servants fill the water pots. The master turns the water into wine. All the glory is His, church. The great bridegroom, the greater bridegroom. And our obedience to His Word plays a significant role in the working of miracles. Perhaps there's one here today that might say, if Jesus wants to work a miracle and He gets all the glory, let Him fill the water pots. What a diseased spirit. The Lord wants to partner with us. He gets us involved in the workings of miracles. Only He can turn the water into wine, but we can certainly fill water pots with water. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. I can see why Mary insisted delivering these words to the servants. Whatever he says to you, do it. Here he was, Emmanuel, 
God with us, God in flesh. Whatever he says to you, do it. If we would take hold of these words today, if we would all run with these words and move in accordance with these words, if we would do whatever he says to us, I have no doubt that there will be miracles in vessels. You know, there's no mention of the servant stalling or asking questions or trying to figure out what is Jesus doing? They just started filling pots. They just moved in accordance with his word. You know, I look around this room today and I see, I see lives, I see water pots that have been filled with living water. And I praise the Lord today for the miracles alive in this room, for the wine he has brought forth. What a wonder, the miracles in vessels. And if we can understand that the Lord wants to bring the great supply of the wine of the kingdom, and he wants it to be drawn out of us, and he wants us to draw it out, that there be feasting and rejoicing and celebrating of the goodness and abundance of our Lord. The Lord will use us. A word from the Lord for us today, right out of the holy book, Isaiah 25, verses 6 to 9. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees well refined. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. And it shall be, it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Let's have the worship team return today. You know, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord blessed you today and you're not one of those that's still caught up a debate in your mind as to whether the wine was real or not. You want my answer? We're going to leave it. Don't miss the power of this portion of Scripture. I believe today is a day there can be miracles in vessels. Do you need a miracle today? Has the wine run out? The words of Jesus prevail. Perhaps you came into this room this morning and you look at your life and all you see is an empty water pot. You look at your situation and all you see is empty water pots.
You don't know what to do. Whatever it is, whatever this speaks to that's run out, it's a day to be filled to the brim. It's a day for miracles in vessels that this anniversary Sunday we can look back a year from now and remember the day when Jesus turned water into wine. I'd say to you today, bring your concern to him. Believe in whatever he says, do it. It's a day to believe. Let's stand in the house of the Lord. If you need a miracle today, you'd like prayer, we're going to take moments as we close here before we head out and celebrate. We're going to believe that whatever's run dry, whatever's run out, whatever the need is in this very hour, we're going to believe in the words of Jesus. So begin to lift this up. If that's you today, there's opportunity. Step out of your seat. Lord, I need a miracle. Perhaps you're standing in the gap on behalf of somebody else. You've witnessed it with your own eyes or you've heard about the situation that things have run out, things have run dry, and you're saying, I'm here today to bring my concern to Jesus. Perhaps you're here today and you're one who has heard the word of the Lord. You've heard the words of Jesus. Jesus has said to you, He's commanded you concerning what needs to be done. Is there a reluctance to do it? Whatever He says to you, do it. If you're here today, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Man, this could be the moment. This could be the day where everything changes. A day marked in the calendar where Jesus performed his first miracle in your life. The greatest miracle of all, salvation. when Jesus rescues sinners and saves them by his grace. Lord, we give you all the glory today. Lord, we ask now in this place, move. Have your way in the house, oh God. I believe in you. I believe in you. 
You're the God of me. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of me. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God. your words today, Jesus. I believe, I believe in you. The God who was and is to come. The God who was and is to come. The power of the risen one. God who was and is to come. God. 